0: So I want to welcome you back to uh, Make the Move. And we have started this year by challenging ourselves that we need to make moves of faith. We understood in the very first sermon that the miracle is in the move. Sometimes God is going to speak to you things that do not make sense. But when you activate yourself and act on what God has said, you're going to see miracles happen in your life. Water. Water will turn into wine hallelujah somebody and we also understood that the miracle is in the release they are precious things in our lives but sometimes god will ask us to release those things not because god is being mean but he wants us to put him as the priority and to trust him that he will provide what we need it can be painful but oftentimes what is painful will be a lot of gain if you trust the Lord we also understood that sometimes when you're making moves for God you'll have to pause because you might have made a mistake and sometimes when you've made a mistake with God he will let you know about it and things may not work but when you pause and you reflect you begin to see oh I made a mistake here so let me fix it but there are some times where things will get in your way and instead of pausing you need to push back and so we understood that we have to deal with roadblocks in the journey of faith. Today, I bring you installation number four and I've chosen as a text of preaching Luke chapter eight and verse number 43. Luke chapter eight and verse number 40. Let me begin in verse number 40. I'm excited because that's going to be beautiful right there. But Luke chapter eight. And verse number 40, for those of you who do not know, Luke was a physician and he records a lot of stories of Jesus in relation to healing. If you need healing and you want God to heal you, I encourage you to read the book of Luke. So in verse number 40, the word of God begins. It says, so it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him. For there we are all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. She was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Tutu. And Jesus said, "Who touched me? Hmm. When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, "Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, "Who touched me? But Jesus said, <laughs> "Somebody touched me. Somebody." touched me for I perceived I feel that power mm -mm, has gone out from me Mm. I should start right there elder Calvin but not, not yet not yet Now when the woman saw that she was hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And Jesus said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was speaking, someone came. From the ruler of the synagogue house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. I've chosen as the subject this morning, don't bother. Don't bother. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, this moment you would utilize it to the full of your capability that it may be a chance for the portrait of Jesus to be displayed and that somebody here would feel power to live a life for Jesus to feel power to be elevated from sin and sadness and darkness thank you oh God in just my pray. Amen do you want me to get you the food it's all right don't bother do you want me to make the appointment for you it's all right don't bother i was thinking i can come over and and help you out it's okay don't bother i know i'm late but can i still come no it's all right Don't bother. You see, we say don't bother when we want to stop somebody from doing something for us. Or we are angry that somebody did not meet our expectation for help. And so we tell them, don't bother. You should have been here. I was counting on you, but you did not show up. So why bother now? and usually we are speaking from a place of frustration a place of anger and disappointment in fact we may develop an a, a martyr Complex to think that we will do it by ourselves, the world is against us, and I'm just gonna do this. I don't need you, get out of my way. I have done things like that in my life where I have expe- expected people to help me, but because it didn't help me, I will go ahead and do it myself. I have stayed up late at night. Uh, organizing chairs for an event the next day because people didn't show up. Because I was angry, I was frustrated. I don't know if you can relate to me right here, right now, that sometimes when we're disappointed, sometimes when our expectations are not met, we tell people around us, in our lives, do not bother. Ladies, a lot of times you tell your husbands, never mind. Uh, and you, t- you tell him, I don't want it now. You should have been here early. You know what I'm talking about? That sometimes we expect people to do things for us. And when they don't do those things for us, we, ang- we are angry at them and we tell them, don't bother. Why bother now? Could it be that sometimes when God hasn't done what we expect?" we tell him don't bother when we have been praying for it when we've been fasting for it when we have been certified for it when we have been qualified for it when we've been waiting for it but it doesn't come at the expected time We tell God, God, don't bother. God, you can keep your blessing. God, you can keep your answer. God, you can keep your promotion. I will find another way. So we pray less. We give less. We care less. We serve less. And we start to think about other options other than God. Because we are telling God, do not bother. I don't need you right now in my life. A crowd has been waiting for Jesus. Jesus has been in the region of the Gadarenes. Here he heals a man who has many demons in him. And as he comes back across the Sea of Galilee, he is being expected. People have been waiting for him. To wait for somebody is to expect. These people are waiting for Jesus because, Sister Lara, they believe that in Jesus it's the beginning of a new day. <clears throat> they believe in Jesus that things will change. They believe that sickness will become health, Sister Oya. They believe that financial loss will become financial gain. Financial gain. They believe that Jesus can change a situation, and so they are waiting for Him. You see, sometimes, listen to me carefully, the only move you need to make is to wait on Jesus. Because when you wait on Jesus, he will move you from a place that you never thought you could move to, to another place. Let me come closer to you. You see, you need to go be like a passenger waiting for a bus to come. Because a passenger understands, I can walk this journey. But it is better to ride on a bus because a bus is stronger than me. A bus has more power than me. And when I wait for the bus and it carries me, I will not spend as much energy as I could have spent if I'm walking. You see, let me tell you, Jesus has more power than a bus. He can carry you from where you are to another place. And what you need when you feel powerless, without power, incapable, is to say, I will wait for Jesus to come because I believe in his power. I believe in what he can do. I believe that my problem is nothing in comparison to him. And so here, they're waiting for Jesus to come. And Jesus does come. And one man, he's not an ordinary man. Elder Calvin, he's a a leader. He's a chairman. He's a president of the local synagogue. He's in charge of organizing and arranging worship. He is in charge of caring for the building. He makes sure that it is locked. He makes sure that the utensils for worship are kept. Uh, He's a resource manager, uh, Brother (laughs) Donald. He takes care of everything. And he is a man who has position. He's a man who has power. He's a man who has influence. Everyone looks at this man. This is the kind of man who you would go to if you needed advice. If you wanted to look at a good example in how to handle your family, this was the man you look to. If you wanted to know how you should live your Christian life to the best of your ability in a way that honors God, this was a man that you went to. In fact, men like him did not go to Jesus. Men like him would look down on Jesus because they looked at Jesus as someone who was beneath them, as someone who was uh, trying to take away their place. But Jairus does not allow his power, his position to keep him from Jesus. He comes before Jesus and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. He, he comes there because he is at a place of need. Luke doesn't tell us what Jairus said, but Mark and Matthew do. Mark and Matthew report to Mark and Matthew report to us that Jairus begged Jesus. He says, "Jesus, my little girl, my 12-year-old little girl is at the point of death. She is the only one that I have, Jesus. If you come, I know that you can heal her. If you come, I know that my problem will be solved." Jairus saw Jesus as one who was able to turn his problem into a solution and he looked at his little girl he looked at her he wanted her to live which parent wants to bury their child I'm not a parent but I have seen my parents bury a child and I remember that day at the hospital, they were arrested by helplessness as my sister's body was being transported to the morgue. If they could press the reboot button, they would have done it because they loved her and, and they wanted her to live. But disease took her body. And here Jairus is coming to Jesus. Jesus, I have a situation. I can't do anything about it, but you can do something about it. She's all I have got, Jesus. I got nothing else. It's only her. I'm not sure what sickness slammed into Jairus' daughter. And that's not important. It doesn't matter what she was sick with. But Jairus saw that Jesus could change the situation. And I don't know if you see that Jesus can change your situation. I don't know if this day you realize that whatever you face, that Jesus has the power. He can change it. You see, Jairus gives us a case study on how Jesus can transform our problems into solutions. Jairus goes before Jesus... A ruler of the synagogue, a man of power and influence, and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. That is, he humbled himself before Jesus because God resists the proud. You can't come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I've come. (laughs) I need you to do this. Jesus, I've come, and I expect you to do this. Jesus, I've come. I expect you to give me the job. Jesus, I've come. I expect you to give me the promotion. You can't be like that. You see, you must come before Jesus and you must take off your pride, lay it somewhere and go before Jesus and say, Jesus, I, here I am. I need you. I want you to help me because I realize that I cannot help myself. Some of us were sitting too high. We need to come low. Some of us, we think we are good. Some of us, we think because of what we have, it makes us somebody. No, before Jesus, you are nobody. (laughs) Because you need to understand that he is the king of the universe. You need to understand that in and of yourself, there is no power. One preacher said it like this. If you want to know how much power you have. Take an alarm clock and go to the cemetery and see if anybody's going to get up when it goes off. If you want to know how much power you have, you need to put yourself in a situation, uh, going to the hospital, seeing somebody on on the hospital bed. And it will quickly make you realize that you have no power. And therefore, when you come before Jesus, you need to come recognizing that you have nothing. And something else that Jairus does is, is that he tells Jesus precisely what the problem was. He didn't come to jesus lord please help me no he come jesus my daughter is sick she is in a bad situation i want you to come over to my house and touch her and make her better we need to be specific with god lord i am broke i am broke i need this money to pay this bill lord i am sick i need you to touch me right here lord I am sick spiritually, I struggle with pride, I struggle with anger, I struggle with uh, lack of self-control. I need you to touch me right here. And when we tell Jesus exactly, then he'll give us precisely what we need. Needless to say, Jesus agreed to help Jairus. And I love that. When we come to him humbly and we make it clear jesus will always agree to help us hallelujah somebody and jesus agrees to help jairus and now he is making movements to jairus's house but remember a crowd has been waiting for him and 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 as he's moving the, the 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 text says a crowd thronged him just to give you a little clarity on this word throng it's the word that was used when they were pressing grapes at the wine press. So what the text is saying is that people were so close to Jesus that they wanted to get everything out of him. And you know how it is when a celebrity is passing through a crowd. (laughs) People want signatures. People want selfies. People want something from him. And here everybody is wanting something from Jesus. They want a piece of Jesus. And so we have Jesus is moving us yes, to go to the house of Jairus to help him out. But his movements are impeded because there's a crowd and he's trying to move in the midst of this crowd. And people are all over him. But there was a woman who wanted a piece of Jesus also that day. This woman is not identified. We don't know her name. But we know that she had a problem. We don't know her name, but we know that her problem was something that lasted for a long time. Jairus' daughter is 12 years of age. She has had a flow of blood for 12 years. What it means is that the day that Jairus has, has a kid is the moment that this woman is also having a flow of blood. For 12 years, Jairus has been, has been taking pictures of his daughter. He has been taking her to the playground. He has been having a good time and she's been a bundle of joy in his life. But the same amount of time, this woman has been in pain. Jairus has been having a good time but this woman has been in pain and here we see a picture of the reality of life that your story may be good but somebody else's story may be bad you may be in 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 a good place but somebody else is in a bad place a girl of 12 years of age is at her deathbed but this woman has been dying for 12 years. A long time. Her blood has been coming out of her. It's a sensitive issue. It has to do to deal with her sensitive parts. It's it's, it's a sensitive issue because the fact that she's been bleeding, it means that she was still at an age to have children. But because she has this flow of blood, she cannot be near her husband, she cannot be near her family, she has to be separated. And so she does not have emotional support. She doesn't have family support. And so she tries to visit every doctor in town but every doctor in town tells her a, a, a daughter a woman i'm sorry but we just don't know what to do with you and she's spending her money now she's not only she's she's broke and broke hearted and she doesn't have the, the she doesn't have that emotional support but it's not only that she was broken broken hearted sister uh, laura the fact that she's bleeding It means that she cannot go to the temple aka she can't go to church I mean when you have a problem you are told you need to go before God you need to approach God but this woman she cannot even go to the house of God so she's been sick for a long time she's been bleeding for a long time and she she says to herself what must I do about this particular situation Perhaps your story is like this woman's story. That you have been bleeding for a long time. You have been bleeding emotionally. You have been bleeding uh, physically. You have been bleeding financially. You have been losing life for a long time. You have tried the advice. You have tried the self-help book. You have tried the fasting. You have tried the prayer. But nothing has worked. Perhaps... Your story is like this woman's story. For a long time, you don't know how to handle your situation. And sometimes problems can just seem like they never go away. Sometimes problems may hug on us and never let us go. And this woman is in a situation like that. But you see. Even though she's in a situation like that, she decides to do something about her situation. And that is, she says, if I can only get a hold of the garment of Jesus, if I can only touch the garment of Jesus, if I can only, only get a hold of it, then I think that something will happen to me. I don't know what inspired her at Calvin to come to Jesus, but she decided to come to Jesus. She does not need a hug from Jesus. She doesn't need Jesus to touch her on the head. She doesn't need Jesus to pat her on the back. She just needs to touch the clothing of Jesus. She simply needs to make contact. And you know how it is when a car battery has run down. What you need to do to your car is to simply make contact using jumper cables. And when you make contact using jumper cables, your car is going to resurrect. And so there is power in contact. Because when this woman made contact with Jesus, the text says that her flow of blood stops. Because there was a power from Jesus that went into into her. I don't know what you need to do this morning. I don't know where you need to go this morning. I don't know who you need to talk to this morning. I don't know what books you need to read this morning. But whatever you do, make a point to make contact with Jesus. Because when you make contact with Jesus, he's going to release power into your life and you're going to see that your situation is going to change. It's going to be different. It's going to be something you never realize. And you see, this woman did not need much from Jesus. She just needed a little bit from Jesus. Because little is much (laughs) when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. I don't know, brother and sister, but I'm encouraging you that what you need to do for yourself, for your family, for your situation is make contact with Jesus. And here it is. Jesus does not understand, does not know what's going on. He doesn't see what's happening, but power comes out from him to this particular woman. And it, it, it boggled my mind, Sister Oya, how did this woman know that Jesus was the one who had power to help her out? How did she know? I was confused about this. Luke doesn't give us the detail, but Mark does. What Mark tells us is this, that this woman had heard of Jesus. That is, she had been looking for a solution and she couldn't find a solution. Perhaps, Elder Calvin, she was talking to her friends. You know what? I'm going through this particular situation. And perhaps a friend told her, sister, there is a man. He's from Nazareth of Galilee. He's not your, you know big guy in the nation. He's not a ruler of the synagogue. He's not a priest. But man, when people come close to this brother, people start to see. People start to walk. People eat. This brother has something for you. And so because she had heard about Jesus, she used what she had heard to propel her to go to Jesus. That is, she held on to God's word and she used that God's word to inspire her to take action about her situation. I don't know if you heard me. Maybe I need to slow down for you to understand and put it in another way. You see, making moves stands on the foundation of the word of God. Now, listen to me carefully right here. You see, the word of God may not always be reading a verse in the Bible. Mm, I'm coming. But the word of God can be what you hear about God. And what you hear about God can inspire you uh, to act on, and it can be a blessing in your life. You don't always need a sermon to act. (laughs) You don't always need a song in church to act. Somebody on the street can tell you, and you can act on it. So this woman says, you know what? I haven't tried this Jesus thing yet, but I think it's good, and I'm going to go to him. I don't know what you have heard about Jesus. I don't know what you have heard about Jesus this morning. I don't know what it is you have heard. But if you have heard something about Jesus, make that your investment. Uh, Put effort into it. Put energy into it. And you're going to see God activate things into your life. And Jesus could see that this woman has acted on a word about me. And she has touched me. And something has happened that power has gone out from me because she has touched me with a touch of faith. Now, now you see, Gun. that day, many people were touching Jesus. Many people were touching Jesus. People were all over Jesus. But this woman's touch was different because it was a touch of faith. And Jesus somehow could recognize that this woman has touched me in a different way. And therefore, I'm going to give to her power. I'm going to give her something that she's seeking. Because I need you to know that Jesus wasn't saying, because back in high school, I didn't really like people touching me. And sometimes I be like, "Yo, get off me, I man! Why are you touching me? Back off! Give me my space, jaga jarak." I don't like people touching me. <laughs> that's not that's not what Jesus is getting after here. People were touching him. He didn't say who's touching me. But Jesus is saying, I am glad that she has touched me. I am glad that she has touched me because I am willing to expend power to her. Because Jesus came to the earth to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to dispense power. He came to heal. He came to stop flows of blood. He came to change people who were caught in addictions. He came to resurrect the dead. He came to make the blind to see. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is interested in changing your story, in changing your situation. And he wants you to touch him. Jesus is saying, I have power. Why are you not using it? Why are you not touching me? I want you to touch me because I want to give you this power. So I'm here to tell you this morning that if you want to make a move, make a move to get closer to Jesus. Because when you have made a move to get closer to Jesus, you're going to see things happen in your life. And so Jesus is asking, somebody has touched me. Somebody has touched me. He stopped. Somebody has touched me here. Oh, somebody touched me. Peter says, Lord, come on now. Huh? Everybody's touching you. Why are you worried about people touching you? I mean, we're in a crowd after all because you see some people don't get it. <laughs> some people don't get the power of jesus some, some people don't understand this and he understands that he doesn't he, jesus understands that peter doesn't understand but he's saying sister Laura, somebody has touched me who touched me today who touched me and this woman this woman comes out she's afraid now because listen to this she just wanted to touch jesus and run away see some of us we want to touch jesus and disappear We want the blessing and disappear. Now Jesus, mm, it doesn't work like that. He says, you touch me, let's talk about it. You touch, we talk. (laughs) So he says, who touched me? And this woman comes out. She comes out of the crowd and she trembles before Jesus. and, and, And Jesus does not want her to talk to scare her. He wants her to give a testimony. He wants her to tell her story of what he has done for her. He wants her to testify so that those around her could recognize and see that if they approach him the right way, he can also bless them as as he has blessed this woman. So when we read her story, we're being encouraged and inspired that when we approach God the right way, then he can truly do for us that which we seek him to do and jesus ends the conversation he says to her your faith your faith has made you well go in peace you see faith and peace are, are cousins faith and peace are cousins fear and chaos are cousins but when you have faith you will have peace and so what Jesus really wanted to do for her is that woman you 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 touched me yes but you only got a little bit from me. what I want to do for you is to give you the full weight of my power I want to make you complete I want you to make to make you well because I need you to know this morning that faith overcomes that faith complete that faith heals faith is the victory and when you have faith in what god can do when you have faith in what god can change in your life then you have completion in your life then you can live live at peace faith is what you need right now you don't know how you're gonna pay the bills what you need is faith and you're gonna have peace you don't know how you're gonna get well you are sick what you need is faith to believe and you're going to have peace. I don't know if I'm speaking to you this morning. But what you need to do in spite of your problem is to believe in what God can do. So this woman, she goes in peace. And i like to tell you that faith is the key that turns problems into solutions. It's the key that turns problems into solutions. If you have faith, then you can tell a mountain to move and it will move. Jesus said it. If you have faith like that of a mustard seed, you can speak to this mountain, to this problem, and it will move. Many of us are not speaking to our problems. You know what we speak into our problems? We speak fear into our problems. We speak stress into our problems. We speak worry into our problems. What if today we start to say, you know what? No, I'm no longer going to speak fear into my problems. But I'm going to speak faith into my problems. I'll have God be the one backing me up. And my problems are going to get out of the way. So faith is the victory. So while Jesus... Brother Donald is having a conversation with this woman. The report comes from somebody out of Jairus' house. This is devastating, heart-wrenching news. He says, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. You you see right here, what is happening is, this reporter is telling Jairus to tell Jesus, don't bother. Jairus, your daughter is dead. Your daughter is dead. This situation, this man cannot help you. notice what he calls Jesus. He says do not trouble the teacher because just using common sense a teacher cannot heal you need a doctor so do not bother the teacher you see Jairus now has to reevaluate his earlier assessment he came to Jesus. Jesus, I need you to touch my daughter. But now the daughter is dead. And Jairus is, the, the report is telling G, Jairus, Jairus, she is now dead. A teacher cannot help you. Do not bother. Uh, the, the, the other day, I was cleaning up my, my, my apartment. And there were a few things that I had to clean out. There were old bills that I had to clean out. There were old receipts. I even looked at old sermon notes. But I needed those, I, re, I looked at the date, and this said 2018, 2019. I said, well, I'm in mean, 2021. I certainly don't need something from 2018 and 2019. So what I did is I discarded it. Because it was no longer useful for 2021. My circumstance had changed. Time had changed. I was I'm now in a different season in my life. And so right here, what is happening is the circumstances for Jairus have changed. The daughter is dead she was not dead before but she's dead now and therefore Jesus seemed to be useful when she was still alive but the fact that he's now dead Jairus now has to make a calculation is she you is he useful to me do I still need him for my situation (laughs) do I still need him to go with me to the house or is he just going to take up time should I focus on the funeral arrangements of my daughter now she's dead She's dead. She's She's no longer alive. So what can a teacher do for me? She is looking at Jesus as a teacher, someone who can give knowledge, but not life. You see, this reporter who tells Jairus, your daughter is dead, is speaking from his experience. He is speaking from his experience because he has not been with Jairus. He has not seen the flow of blood stop. He has never seen Jesus heal anybody. All he has heard is that there is a teacher called Jesus. He teaches nice parables and he tells people about the kingdom of God. And therefore, he knows only that about Jesus. And so a lot of times, what we say about God is based upon our experience. Is based upon our knowledge, and because of our experience and our knowledge, we limit God to a specific function. Jairus is a teacher, he's a teacher, he's not a healer, he can't do anything for you. So, the temptation check this is to stop bothering God. It is to stop bothering Jesus when he hasn't met our expectations. Because Jesus is taking too long. He's talking to this woman. He delayed and therefore he was not able to heal the woman, the little, the little girl. And because of that, here is, a, is another temptation. is to stop bothering Jesus when we think he's limited to a specific function. He hasn't been there to heal the daughter, so he has not made the expectation. And also, he's simply looked upon as a teacher. Therefore, Jesus is limited. I'm not sure what you see Jesus as this morning. Do you see Jesus only as a teacher? I go to him. He, I learned something about good morals, how to live a righteous life. Or oh, do you see Jesus as a healer or somebody who can solve your problems? What do you see Jesus as this morning? Because however you see Jesus as this morning is going to determine what He can do for you. The room is quiet. I'm not hearing amens no more, Elder Calvin. However you see Jesus, Sister Lara, will determine what Jesus can do for you. So Jesus is called a teacher. And I wonder what function and role Jesus has in your life. Huh? When you need money, you simply go to Jesus like an ATM punching the code, And then he gives you the money that you need. When you need a little wisdom, Jesus, I don't know what to do. Please help me. Or is Jesus everything for you? Is Jesus everything for you? You see, one of the things uh, that I like in our generation is that we have phones. Now, the basic function of a phone is for you to call and receive messages, to text, and get text. That's a basic function of a phone. But you see, today, no, we're on another level today, man. Your phone is your calculator. Your phone is your scheduler, your phone is your, your health uh, monitor, <laughs> you know what I mean? Your phone is your recorder, your phone is your camera, your phone is all in one. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is all in one. Jesus is everything that you need. You need wisdom? He got you. You need health? He has got you. You don't know what to do, you need guidance? He has got you. You need him to give you victory over sin. He has got you. You need him to give you a family. He has got you. You need him to give you a job. He has got you. You need to change your location. Jesus knows where to go. And so Jesus is a jack of all trades and a master of all. He's everything that you need. And so I'm here to tell you that when you feel like Jesus is nothing. No, no, no. You need to keep on bothering Jesus even if your problem is unsolved. Amen. I'm going to let that one sit in. Uh, uh, Brother Donald, that was nice. That was nice. I'm going to let that, that amen sit in. Right? Even if your problem is unsolved, you need to keep on bothering Jesus. Yes. Yes the daughter was dead, but it did not mean that he needed to stop moving with Jesus. And I want you to know that in life, things are going to die. Prosperity can die. A relationship can die. A job can die. People in our lives, unfortunately, can die. But death should never be a detractor from following Jesus. Death should not ever get in the way of keeping Keeping on with Jesus Christ. Because the reality is that sometimes it is in that moment when something has died. That you're going to see something come to life. And Jesus understood this. That is why he tells Jairus. He says, Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe. And she's going to be made well. Jairus, do not for one second. Do not for one second. Stop moving with me. I know your problem is unsolved. Your daughter is dead. It's even worse now. She was sick. Now she's dead. It's even worse now. But you have to believe me. You have to have faith in me. To know that it's going to be all right. You need to believe me. You need to trust me. You need to go with me. Don't stop moving. It's not time for a detour. It is not time for you U-turn. It is not time for another turn. It is time to go straight ahead. Continue on. Don't stop. Continue on. Do not stop. Because in that moment, what you need to do, I'm going to give you a few keys. What you need to do is this. You need to bother your fear with your faith. And that is this. I will not allow faith, fear, to control me, but I will allow faith to lead me. That is why Jesus tells Jairus, Jairus, do not be afraid, but believe. Don't let fear overtake you, but rather use that moment to let faith go in the driver's seat and throw fear out of the car or put fear in the back seat. You understand what I'm saying? Now, Pastor, how how do I bother my fear with faith? It's very simple. What did Jesus tell Jairus, believe. Believe. And the last, thing that I, the last time that I checked, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what you need to do is this. When you are in a situation you cannot solve, do not focus on the problem that you have. What you need to do is to transport your mind to something that God has to say about your situation. That is, don't allow the fear, the thought to keep on playing in your head. What you can do is to transform the situation by putting in a new thought from the word of God. And that is how you bother your fear with faith. That is why God, God gives us promises in the word. And those are the things we need to hold on to. You're struggling with temptation. Yes, I understand. We all get tempted. But the Bible says, there have no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond your capability? So for me, that is a promise. Lord, I'm being tempted, but you have said I will not be tempted beyond my capability. Please give me a way out. So I'm not going to allow my fear to take control of me. I will allow faith to lead the way. You also need to believe it shall be well in the end. You see, Jesus tells Jairus, Jairus, only believe and it's going to be well. You see, this is hard because when you've lost a job, it's not well. When your kids are disrespecting you, it's not well. When your health is failing, it's not well. And this man's daughter was dead, it was not well. So there is pain at that moment. So you, 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 you feel the pain, and how can it be well when you're feeling pain? This is what you need to do. And this is what Jairus was being told by Jesus. The situation is not well. But you are with one who can make it well. Have you seen what I did to the woman with flow of blood? I can do that for you. Because Jairus was there with Jesus. So, so listen to me very carefully. Let me maybe make it more plain. Anytime that I'm with my father. Anytime that I'm with my father. Until today I was with him uh, last time was uh, 2000, 2019. Every time I'm with my father, listen to me carefully, he never allows me to buy him food. Anytime. He will take me to a restaurant, whatever it is, he always pays the bill. That's good too, you know. But this is what my father always tells me, son, I am your father. Allow me to provide for you. You don't have to worry about anything. So it shall be well for me with my father because I am in his presence. I am close to him and therefore it is always going to be well. Now I can be hungry sometimes. My dad is not here, so he's not here to buy me food. You understand what I'm saying? But when I'm close to him, I focus my attention on him, then it is definitely well so hear me carefully believing that it will be well is not focusing on the problem but focusing on who you have beside you so you say god i don't know this i don't understand this but you are with me so therefore i'm going to put my attention on you somebody here needs to put their attention on jesus he can make it well yes it might die but he says, it will be well. So wellness may not happen presently. It may happen in the future. But hear me carefully. It is going to be well. Another thing you need to understand in this moment. When you're, when you're ready to give up on God. To say, don't bother. Is you need to follow the commands of Jesus. Listen to this carefully. Jesus says it. Do not be afraid. Only believe. He did not give a suggestion right here. At a covenant. This was not a suggestion. He was given a command. In the Greek, it's a command. So he's saying, don't be afraid. You have to believe. And this is why he can say that. He's saying to Jairus, Jairus, I'm not telling you this because I want you to be deluded. Or I'm, I'm, I want you to build your house uh, from cards, Or I'm telling you a charade. No, look at what I just did to this woman. Look at the reality that I just created. Look at what I just changed. And therefore, you follow what God says because you know that it is reality. It is a situation that can can come true. And so, brother and sister, hear me carefully. Do exactly what God says. It may not make sense. You may not understand it. It may seem illogical, but God created logic. It may seem nonsensical, but God created sense. So, follow what he says. Last but not the least. Learn. Learn from a situation. It is an opportunity for you to learn from the problem. You see, Jesus truly becomes a teacher right here. Listen to me carefully. He becomes a teacher right here because they had a misunderstanding brother donald about the state of the dead you see they thought when somebody dies it is over but you and me understand when we go to sleep that we're only going to sleep for a specific period of time after that, we're going to we're going to rise up and go about our day eight hours of sleep 16 hours being awake and so jesus wants to re-educate them. Listen to me carefully. He wants to re-educate them about the state of the dead. And so he says, do not weep. She's not dead. She's sleeping. They laughed at him, but this was a reality. And he was going to show them and to show you and I that death is nothing in the face of God. That when things die, you should not be afraid of it. And so here Jesus re-educates them. I don't know what God is trying to do in your life. But when something is unsolved do not quit on God because God is going to show you something about him you're going to learn something about him and you're going to be much much better for it so I'm here to tell you and declare to you that when it's unsolved you don't understand it do not say don't bother you need to say God I'm going to bother you even more I'm going to knock on your door I'm not going to give up I'm not going to quit we're going to go together I'm not not, not going to give up. I'm going to keep moving. A young man wanted to do his first recital in London. He was from Poland. So he was afraid that um, it may not go well. So he asked a well-known Polish, Polish, can't really say that right, But he asked a very well-known Polish man to give him a recommendation just in case when he got to London, he would need it. Fortunately, he got to London. He didn't need the letter. A few years later, he decided to open the letter. And when he opened the letter, this is what it said. This young man has no talent to play the piano. There are some people we should never ask for help because all they do or will do is to harm us. But God is different. God will solve our situations. He will resolve our problems. When you open his letter called the Bible, it doesn't say this one has no talent. He's no good for nothing. In fact, it says, I will make him new again. I will change the situation again. And so God is always asking you and I, Come to me. I am a present help in your time of trouble. I can change your situation. Do not give up on me. Please bother me. Please keep knocking on my door. Do not go to other options that cannot help you but only disappoint you. Somebody today, today, today needs to stop to start bothering God again. Somebody today needs to say, you know what, Lord? I've been giving up on you but I don't want to give up anymore. I realize that you can change your situation. I realize that you can make me better. I realize that my situation can change. Today I want to say I will bother you God for the rest of my life. I don't know about you but I want to bother God. I want to bother God. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father thank you for speaking and we've come today Lord because we want to bother you. You're calling us to bother you. We don't want to give up on you. We want to keep moving with you. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd give us the grace and the strength to keep on pushing forward and to keep on trusting you and believing in you. Thank you, O God, because you are willing to be bothered by us and you're willing to change our situation. Thank you, O Father, for your goodness and your kindness. In Jesus' worthy, mighty, and awesome name I pray. Amen. God bless you.